For years, the American public has been victimized by the so-called cinematic geniuses, telling us time and again to see inferior movies, leaving us bitter and lost with nowhere to turn. But no more! This travesty of justice cannot and will not continue, because we now have the Cinema Judge! Hello and welcome to the Cinema Judge. To all my regulars, welcome back. Now if it's your first time, welcome aboard. Now just real brief for your first time listeners. We at the Cinema Judge, we do this. We present you the interviews, film clips, and any other thoughts we have on the film being brought before you, the jury. So you can make up your own mind if you want to see the movie or not. We'll give you about a half hour of evidence and then at the end, I'll always give shoutouts to last week's listeners. And then after that, just a little non-movie talk, just to close things out. Just a little stuff between you and me, but not movie-related. And I'll, at the end, I'll tell you that. Now, approaching the bench today, we have the true story, American Underdog. Now, here's the story. It's about NFL MVP Hall of Fame quarterback, Kurt Warner. Now, he went from stocking shelves at a supermarket to becoming a Super Bowl champion for the Rams. American Underdog stars Zachary Levi, who plays Kurt Warner. Now, he's been in the 2019 film Shazam, the TV shows The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And if you've never seen Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, it is a great show. Give it a shot if you ever have time. And if you think back for a couple years back, the series Chuck. And he did the voice for Flynn in a 2010 animated film Tangled, just to name a few. Now, co-starring with him, playing Brenda Warner, his wife, is the incredible actress Anna Paquin. She's recently starred in the TV series Flack, which is really good, and The Affair. You might have seen her in the 2019 film The Irishman, again, another great film, the X-Men movies, and of course, the 1993 film The Piano. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, but you get the idea. Well, let's not waste any more of your time. Here's a trailer for American Underdog. Football. Tell me about that. As long as I have a ball in my hands, I feel alive. Kind of like how I feel right now. I'm staying here. I got work to do. Work? The NFL's not going to draft some dude from the 1AA school in Iowa. There were other offers. I called every team in the NFL. No one's interested. Can I get one of your applications? I promised that I would take care of you and the kids. So that is exactly what I'm going to do. If this is your dream, don't give up on it. Yeah, I didn't pick me. I pick you. I pick you too. Kurt Warner, you got the whole package, kid. The world just needs more time to see it. He came up with this whole arena concept. Arena football. It's like a circus. People love the circus. I like the circus. You pay me for touchdown? I also pay you to win. Oh, that's gonna be fun. Hey, Kurt. 
We've been trying to reach you. I'm sorry, who are you? I'm with the Rams. This guy's old. Slow as molasses. He's beneath the standard of this franchise. That's what people said about me when I came here. All those years gave us something others didn't have. Made you ready for this moment. Third corner out of the arena league. It's one of those stories that's too good for the movies. It's perfect guy here. He was bagging groceries five years ago. You go out there and you show the world what I've known all along. You were born for this. This is my time. I know who I am and I know why I'm here. Now, coming up next, we have Kurt Warner himself, who's actually a producer on this movie. And what he talks about is the name, American Underdog. But what I really like about this interview is, he points out, it's not just about him, not just Kurt Warner, his story. He talks about his family, his wife, their kids. And that's really kind of cool that when they made this film, it wasn't just about me, me, me. It took a team in my life to make it happen, if you will. Anyway, let him explain it to you. Here it is. I think the coolest thing about American Underdog is that when people see the title, they're going to think, oh, the Kurt Warner story, the American Underdog, the guy that went from here to there and, and won a Super Bowl. I think the coolest thing about that title and this story is that you're going to be able to see that played out in my journey. You're going to be able to see that played out in Brenda's journey. You're going to be able to see that played out in Zach's journey. That American Underdog speaks to so many different things in this film that we talk about the depth of the characters, but even the depth of the title goes way beyond just one man's journey from here to there on a football field, from uh, you know sitting on the bench to winning a, a Super Bowl. This is an American journey that so many of us are underdogs. Now, coming up next, this is a really great featurette. This is the first of two. And I put this one first because, in my mind, this really shows what they're about as a couple, about including everybody to make it feel real, not just make it feel one way or the other. In this featurette, you're going to hear from both the Warners. You're going to hear from Zachary Levi. You're going to hear from the, the young man who plays their son, I just think this is a really powerful message and really sets them apart of what they were trying to make while making this movie. Here's that first featurette. Oh man, just throw the dang ball. Football. Warner steps up in the pocket. Caught. You play. Yeah, I'd really like to, bud, but they didn't pick me. I pick you. So my name is Hayden Zoller, and I'm 11 years old, and I'm in fourth grade. One of the things I talked to the Irwins about very, very early on was, who are we getting to play Zach? Because it's crucial, it's pivotal that we find someone who has the talent and the heart, but that also is authentic as possible. When we started getting more specific about casting, it was important to Kurt and myself to stand up for that aspect of hiring somebody with disability. We cast uh, Hayden Zoller, who's this amazing kid who is actually blind. I actually got interested in doing that part it's because it was for a blind person. There was people telling him that he can't even do anything. He can't do things because he's different. That was a big challenge throughout the movie. You like trucks? 
black trucks. Driver. Oh, you want to be a truck driver, huh? We auditioned a lot of kids and read a lot of kids and an incredible casting director that we had that, that found him. When they called and said that they found the perfect little boy for Zach's character, you know, it's scary as a mom because this will be depicting your son. I don't think you'd be doing his story justice if you didn't try and find a child that had as close to his specific disabilities that he has. And also representation really matters. When John and Andy first saw him, they said, hey, take a look, what do you think of this kid? I'm like, cast iron right now. Like literally, I got him done. Like it was just that evident to me how unique and special he was. And I'm so thrilled to have him because you don't, you don't always get that. Hayden Zoller is this amazing, talented, incredibly smart and really sweet kid. Has never acted before. He was, you know, discovered and is just a spectacular human being. Andy actually told me that I got the role and there were so many people that were auditioning for it, but he told me that I was like one of the best ones. I remember, you know, the first day of walking him around set where he could familiarize himself with his mom and trying to understand where everything was. And then watching him walk in the door there with, with Kurt, played by Zach, Levi, uh, that moment when they walked in the door together and they're walking through, it just, you you really got a great sense of what drove this relationship. Okay. Broken radio. Oh, well, you're missing a battery. That's why we're in the bathroom. Look at that. All right. Zachary Levi, you know, we act together in a few scenes. He was very nice and he loves playing music like in between the shooting process, and he always tries making people laugh. <laughs> Come on! For him to step into this role, he is unbelievably kind and loving and full of empathy and understanding far beyond his years. <clears throat> hey. Hey, Z-Man, sorry, I didn't mean to wake you up. The beauty about Hayden is he's not acting. That's exactly who he is. That's exactly who the Warners told us that their son Zach is. And so we found this actor that we believe was placed in our lap and put him in this role and we didn't have to do a whole lot with him. He can do things just completely naturally as an actor. It just comes from within him. I don't want to leave you. I don't want to lose you. Uh, he just had this inner light. I mean, everyone was influenced by his presence on the set, and he was just the sweetest kid and had this spirit about him that was so like the actual Zach. Hayden has asked questions even about Zach to get to know Zach's essence. So he wants to get it right, and he's 10 years old. Like, how beautiful is that, that it's important enough to him to get Zach right? Me and Zach Warner, we both love singing and music. I know tons of things. Me and him are the same. Their souls are so similar. They have this love that I wish I could have more of. I love you. I love you too. I feel like he and I really connected really quickly and that was like a really special and beautiful thing. And I also like remember being that age on shows and how you know, profound those relationships with the adults being your parents can be. He's got a spirit of life that, that is so undeniable. 
and unquenchable. And his zeal and his zest for life is something that I'm so envious of. And then to throw him into a leading role in a major motion picture where he memorized lines, not only did he memorize his own lines, he memorized the entire script. I mean, this kid is incredible. It's very rare that you can work with an actor of that age that's so intuitive and so in tune and processes information so quickly. Just really special to kind of watch. You know, a child actor in a movie, you hope people think he's cute. This kid's gonna steal the movie. I mean, literally gonna steal the movie because he melts your heart. He's a little ray of sunshine that makes everything better every single time he's around. I, I hope that uh, he shines for years and years and years and years. What I think that they're gonna take away is that people can do anything if they believe in themselves. And I hope that they learn anybody with disabilities can be actors. All right, up next, we have the second featurette. Now, if you're a first-time listener, I'll be really brief about this. This is originally a TV show, but I make it into a podcast. If you want to know where you can watch this, at the end of this podcast, I'll give you the address. Because to be honest with you, sometimes these featurettes are just loaded with behind-the-scenes footage and just extra stuff that you know you can't see when you're just listening to it. But it's really fun. That's why I love these featurettes, because they're, they're loaded with so much stuff. It still plays well on the podcast. But if you want to see more of it, I'll give you the, the address at the end of the show. So this featurette pretty much just talks about the whole story and just making the dream into a reality. So here's that featurette. This is an arena for gladiators. Warner steps into it. For warriors who want a second chance. When I was a kid watching Kurt Warner play football, everybody knew the story. He was working at a supermarket. And then plays arena football. And gets in the NFL. Welcome to the Rams. He wins the freaking Super Bowl. I've had so many people tell me, your story is, is made for Hollywood. It's made for the big screen. It really gives people hope. He's come from nothing. He's tried. He's failed. He's picked himself back up again. And eventually, he actually does succeed at getting his dream. Will you go out there and you show the world what I've known all along? It's about relationship. It's about real life. He is a champion but he was the same person before all this happened. I've heard so many people over the years that say that they've been inspired, they've been encouraged because of my story. And that's what I think is so cool. Very difficult to step into the shoes of a, not just an NFL quarterback, a Hall of Fame NFL quarterback who threw a football his entire life, still throws a football beautifully. We're wanting to really honor what they went through and their life experiences. We're all on some journey in that regard. And I think that that's incredibly relatable. I don't know where we go from here. I don't know what comes next, but this, we did this. We did this together. You want those dreams that you can keep striving towards. It doesn't have to look like a superstar or a superhero. Everybody has their challenges, their struggles, as they're trying to chase their dream. And my story, I think, encourages people that you can actually get there. Destiny, it belongs to the underdogs. We're going to hear next from Kurt Warner himself again. And in this interview, he talks about him and his wife discussing the project before. They just didn't want to make just a, a slap together movie. They wanted to make a movie they wanted to make. And he talks about how other writers came in and just didn't work. So here's that interview. I just love these kind of interviews. It's so cool. My wife and I always said, if we're going to do this, 
we don't just want to do it to do it. If we're going to do it, we want to do it right. And so we've actually had a number of different writers along the way. And every time we've gotten a script, we've said, that's not the story. That's not the story that we want to tell. That's not the essence of what we want this to be. And so there were times that we go, okay, it started and then it stopped. And we're like, oh, well, maybe it won't be made. Then it gets picked up again and it gets started and then it stops. And we're like, who knows? It's been seven, eight years now. and Maybe it won't happen. Um, and then Andy and John came into the picture and they were excited about the project. When we sat down, they seemed to be able to grasp the vision of what we wanted to accomplish through the movie. And it's been a very collaborative process. They didn't come in and say, hey, we know what it is. They came in and said, okay, what do you want this movie to be? We're going to hear next from Zachary Levi. In, in this interview, he's like a lot of us. I remember the story. I remember this guy coming from nowhere, just a, a grunt like all of, the, all of us normal people. But then, bam, he was in the pros. And this is just him talking about that whole situation. <laughs> Kurt hates when I say, when I was a kid watching him play football. I mean, he was, he was still a kid too, you know. In some ways, but, um, but you know, I was a kid growing up like a lot of other kids in the United States and watching football and being like, who is this legit, lit, lit, legitimately, literally underdog? Who is this guy that nobody's heard of that never got this shot? Now, and it was a, you know, everybody knew, knew the story and he was, uh, you know, working at a grocery store and supermarket and, and then plays arena football and then gets in the NFL and he wins some freaking Super Bowl. Uh, there were other details I didn't know at the time, you know, when I was a kid, but I knew those. Everybody knew those. We're going to play a clip for you next. Now, in this clip, Kurt Warner is walking with his coach. Kurt Warner says, I want to play. But the coach is like, you panic every time you're in the pocket, you run. You got to be strong. You got to stay there. He's like, okay, I want to learn how to do that. And at the end of the conversation, he's like, I just need to know how to get on that field. And then there's this little bit of pause with music playing. So when that's happening, the coach just has this little grin on his face going, okay, you want to know how to get there? I'll show you. And then they cut to him on the practice field, staying in the pocket. Goes back, and he just keeps getting hit and hit and hit time and time again. And the coach is just like, do it again, do it again. Anyway, that's the scene. Check it out. You don't stay in the pocket. What? You got the talent, loads of it. But when things get hard, you bail. You run from adversity. You don't trust your team or my playbook. You don't deserve to play in the game. Coach. Ten more games and my dream is gone. I've been working my whole life for this. Please. You need to start thinking about life after football, son. Respectfully, you are wrong, coach. I'm not going to quit because that's not what leaders do. I just need to know how to get on that field. Blue 80, hut! You want your shot, you take the pain. We're going to hear next from Kurt Warner. In this interview, he talks about the process of Zachary Levi coming out to meet him and the family. Now, that must be a very unusual thing to do if you're an actor or the subject of this actor coming to see you because they're going to play you in your life and you're going to be watching them on set reenacting moments of your life. So the responsibility on both ends must be very weird and intense, but I just love hearing about it. So this is Kurt Warner talking about that whole process. Zach came out for uh, three or four days before they started shooting and just hung out with the family. Um, you know, he asked some specific questions, but I think more than anything, he just wanted to watch me. And, okay, who is this guy? 
How does he relate to his kids? How does he relate to his wife? How does he go about his job? We jumped out on the field a little bit, so he wanted to see how I threw a football as well and gave him a few pointers there. But more importantly, I think his process was, okay, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to throw it like Kurt, but as long as I can get the essence of who Kurt is and understand what makes him tick, now I can go do this role justice. Well, you just heard Kurt Warner's version of that. Now, coming up next, you can hear from Zachary Levi, him talking about that whole situation of meeting the family and discovering what makes him tick. And he's going to talk a little bit about the training process to get ready for this role. I was fortunate enough to spend a couple of days with him and his family in Phoenix uh, between the last gig I did over the holiday break, basically, and then before coming back here to Oklahoma. And that was incredible to just, you know, be able to not just, you know, get more knowledge and data and wisdom about who he is and who Brenda is um, and their, who, who their kids are, but just feeling his essence, you know, like uh, you can watch interviews, you can do all kinds of stuff, but to actually be in a room with someone for extended periods of time and feel what is their energy like, how, you know, what is their cadence like, it's very difficult to train once you're shooting all day, every day. Um, but I had a good solid, you know, three and a half months, I think, of strength and conditioning and, uh, and I got about a month and a half or so of quarterback coaching and training, which uh, was invaluable. Um, I would just wish I would have had a lot more of it. It's very difficult to step into the shoes of a, you know, and not just an NFL quarterback, a Hall of Fame NFL quarterback who threw a football his entire life, still throws a football uh, beautifully. And I've never, like, I've thrown footballs, <laughs> but I was never a football player. And I certainly didn't know the mechanics of you know, really throwing the best of spirals, and I did my best, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's just, there, at the end of the day, there's never enough time to train. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from a character actor that we all love. His name is Bruce McGill. He plays Kurt Warner's Arena Football League coach. But just let's look at his career, just real quickly before this, I play the next scene. He played D-Day in National Lampoon's Animal House. But some of his other films... Wildcats, The Last Boy Scout, My Cousin Vinny, Cliffhanger, Time Cop, The Legend of Beggar Vance, The Sum of All Fears, and so many more. When you hear him, when you hear him talking, you'll know who I'm talking about. You'll see. He really takes him out of uh, abject poverty and, and the insecurity of working the night shift and looking for other work in the day to support his family and gives him this shot to play. It's arena football, but it's football. So I come into his life at that point and give him a job, which he does very well, obviously. And the first year that the team, it's the Iowa Barnstormers was the name of the team. And their first year in existence, they made it to the Arena Bowl, which is the Super Bowl of arena football. And then Kurt Warner was off to, you know, the NFL, the Rams, the Super Bowl. So that's me. I'm his, I'm his middle guy. There was a, a college football era for Kurt, obscurity for years, literally. Then there was arena football, and then his NFL career. You recognize that voice, don't you? The man is a legend. Just everything he does, magic. Now, the next scene is with him and Kurt Warner. They're playing a game at, at, during the arena football league time. Kurt Warner throws a touchdown. He comes back to the sidelines. The coach goes, well, all right, here you go. He gives him 100 bucks. He's like, well, what's this for? And then it goes from there, like, hey, you should read your contract. And he you know, realizes, oh, my goodness, every time I throw a touchdown, I get paid on the spot. So here's that scene. Warner under center, surveys the defense. Drops to throw, going long. Touchdown! Touchdown, yeah! 
And for the first time this season, there is actual excitement in this arena. Come on, let's keep it going. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here. What is this? It's a touchdown bonus. You pay me per touchdown? I also pay you to win. Did you even read your contract? Teach him to read, man. Wait, really? $100? Every single touchdown? Every touchdown. Happy to pay it. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from Kurt Warner. This is another just really great interview. He talks about that whole system about getting paid on the spot and his whole struggle of not wanting to play in that league, thinking, well, I'm all better than that. But then he realizes, wait a minute, this is what I'm doing for a living. And then following that interview, he talks about how that kind of affected his professional days, about how much points they're putting up and all that good stuff. Anyway, this is really kind of another great interview. When I was trying to, to find my way back into the NFL, I got a number of calls from people in arena football asking me to play. And all I knew about arena football is that they played it at like 2.15 in the morning, um, you know, on ESPN 27. Nobody ever saw it. Nobody knew what it was. Um, and I remember telling everybody like, no, I'm going to pass. You know, in my mind, I'm like, I am so much better than arena football. There's no way I'm ever going to play arena football. I'm going to find my way to the NFL because I am at that level. And then I find myself working for 550 an hour, night stocking uh, at a grocery store, and I'm sitting here going, really? Okay, am I that much better than arena football while I'm sitting here working nights? Um, and so I remember coming to my first tryout and uh, just thinking to myself, I do not know what I've gotten myself into here. Um, you know, you're getting paid for for throwing touchdown passes and you know you're, you're living in an apartment that had been flooded with furniture that's mismatched and you're just saying what what am I doing here but the beautiful part of arena football was that not a single person on the team was playing because of the money not a single person on the team was playing because it was going to make them famous so all the pressure fell on the quarterback because you were expected to throw a touchdown to score a touchdown every time you touch the ball. But for a quarterback, where else would you rather be? Yeah, there's pressure in that. But there's so much beauty in that. Because, again, in your backyard, it was all about, okay, who can stop each other first? And so it was a tremendous training ground for me to go, okay, you need to score every single time. The pressure's on you to score a touchdown every time you drop back. Every time you touch the football, you're supposed to complete the football. And so... You know, I pushed forward to when I went to the Rams and played with the greatest show on turf. And everybody's looking at us going, oh, my gosh, this is the most explosive offense we've ever seen. This is incredible. You guys are scoring 35 points a game. And, and people would ask me, like, how is this possible? And, and I would look back at them going, are you kidding me? We punt three times a game. I can't believe it. This sucks. We need to score more points because my mentality was score every time you touch the football. We're going to hear next from Zachary Levi. And I love this interview. He talks about his whole process of becoming an actor, a comedian, and how that affected him today, and also about the connection between that feeling of doing what you love and then also being in this film about somebody who's also very driven in finding their passion. So here he is. I think part of the reason why I knew and really wanted to be an actor was because I found worth in it. I, at four, I was entertaining people. It was when I was first cognizant enough that I could intentionally make somebody laugh. And I knew that laughter meant somebody felt good. And that made me feel good. I was like, I got, I'm going to do this all the time. And I think for Kurt, 
he found his worth in playing sports, particularly in uh, football, as it turned out, although he was a great basketball player as well. And, um, and I think that with that, you know, it's, it's almost survival. You're, you're willing it because you don't know what, to, what is life if you don't have this thing that gives you worth. What's the point of walking around this ball of mud, right? I was trying to find something in, in me that I was connecting to that so it could be as honest as possible. And I was literally sitting there or on my knee and I was thinking to myself, holy crap, dude, you're playing Kurt Warner in his biopic by the way, that we pulled off in the pandemic and with an incredible crew and an incredible cast and look where you're at in your career right now. And I was, I mean, I'm, you know, getting worked up thinking about it, but I, I was like, yeah, that's good. That'll work. <laughs> That'll work. Cause holy crap, you know, and this is, and my whole career has all been this, you know, not, I didn't, I've never had to stock uh, shelves in a grocery store, but I mean, I worked at a car wash for a year and a half and bus tables for four years and, I mean, you know, I did some dumb, dumb jobs that I, that, but also they taught me things and they taught me perseverance and they taught me gratitude for when you don't have that much. And, uh, and, and God continues to teach me humility all the time. All right. We have another really cool clip for you. Now in this scene, at least back in the day, remember when quarterbacks would go to the sideline and go on the phone and you think, what are they talking about? What are they doing? They don't do that anymore because they don't now have everything on their wrist and it's different ways of communicating. But in this scene, you see Kurt Warner go to the sidelines. He's on the phone and he's talking to his coach up there in the press box area, wherever, you know, wherever those guys sit and they're having this conversation. You know, it's just like, that is so cool. Kind of like that scene from Major League when all those guys go to the pitcher's mound and they have that discussion about nothing about baseball. I know that doesn't really tie into this at all, but it's still one of those moments where as a viewer, you're like, what are they talking about? Come on. And so now we kind of get that little behind the scenes of what they did back then and what they community, you know, what they talked about. Anyway, here's that scene. You know, I was so hard on you. Well, I put all that pressure on you. I had to know that you were ready. Had to be sure. And guess what? You are. I never would have put you on that field if I didn't fully believe you were a champion. Then you get back out there and you get this job done. Let's go. Let's get after it. Yes, sir. And coach. Thank you. And the Rams are in business. A 34-yard return. Look at me. You can do this. I know you can. Yeah, yeah. We got your back, no matter what happens. Let's go to work, man. Let's go to work. All right, all right. That last one was on me. We got this. Let's get to work. Right doubles. Rip. 50 tail. On one. Ready. We're going to hear next from Brenda Warner, and I love this interview. I know I say it about all of them, but I do love this one because she's not a sports person. Here she's married to a quarterback, Hall of Famer, Super Bowl winner. Eh, I'm not a sports person. But she talks about how she feels America needs right now, or the world needs a feel-good movie. So it's not a sports movie, it's just a feel-good movie. I love it. I just think right now the timing of it is um, special because America, to me, just needs some feel-good stories. And for a long time, um, we've been missing that, I feel. And I'm not a sports person, so to me, this movie isn't a sports movie. It's about relationship. It's about real life. I've always said that I think people relate more to real-life stuff than somebody holding a trophy up and, you know, being a champion. But that's the beautiful part about this, that 
he is a champion, but he was the same person before all this happened. And that says a lot about him. Now, in the spirit of a feel-good moment, this next clip is all about that. Kurt Warner fades back and he throws a pass. And then you'll hear this long pause. It's not a really pause, but there's like this dramatic no sound. It's just this low hum of a of a note. And then they, they keep cutting back and forth people in his world, like somebody in a bar, the coach, this person, that person. And then the guy catches the touchdown. And this is that scene. And Kurt Warner, he's confident because he certainly has something to prove. going to hear next from Brenda Warner, and she's going to talk about Anna Paquin wanting to know all about her. It's just one of those interviews where you get to hear somebody tell us how that all went, about them trying to depict them as a person, as a character, but trying to find their own voice, but really trying to get in their head. Eh, anyway, check it out. Anna Paquin, I mean, come on. Like, she, she is me. She is me in so many ways. She's tough. Um, you can tell that she won't take much from you, and she's going to um, expect a lot out of you. I love that I already sensed that from her by watching her um, embrace my essence, I guess. Um, but she makes me look really good, and I'm fine with that. She wanted to get to know why I believe what I believe. And that's what I used to ask Kurt. Why do you believe what you believe? And I still ask it, like I ask it to my kids. I want them to really um, know why they believe something and it might change. But at that moment, why do you believe what you believe? She does that. She did that for many times before she even started filming just to get to my essence of motherhood, um, of being, you know, in love with Kurt. Um, she just does it does it really well. Um, and I think by her asking me all those things shows respect. Now in our next scene, we have where Kurt Warner just won the Super Bowl. So he's running to the stands looking for his wife. They embrace. And he says, hey, we did this together. Who knows what tomorrow holds, but we did this. So here's that scene. It tasted so I don't know where we go from here. I don't know what comes next, but this, we did this. We did this together. I love you. I love you too. We did it. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Kurt Warner, and he talks about what he, what he hopes we get out of this film about their relationship, meaning him and his wife. Our journey is, I think, defined by faith and perseverance. That anybody that knows anything about Brenda and myself uh, and our journey and our journey together 
those would be two words that were on the forefront of who we are. And so um, we want this story um, to tell that story. We want people to, to see the perseverance. We want people to understand the faith and, and what really makes the two of us tick. We also understand that there's a lot of ways to do that. And so our goal is to, uh, is to hopefully have a film, to make a film that impacts people no matter where they come from, no matter what their faith background is, no matter what their journey has been to this point, to inspire and encourage them um, to be able to, to step into new things, to believe for bigger things, to not allow their circumstances to define them. Coming up next from the world premiere, we're going to hear from Zachary Levi and Kurt Warner. We made something very special. I, you know, it's very, I know everybody feels that way about the movies they make, and we ought to, I think, but this is something that was already special when it happened in real life. But we get to add a, a level of depth to that that brings people even deeper into what that journey is and that journey of struggle and that journey of hope and, and, and faith and love and family and, you know, and a lot of football and all that. Having faith in oneself, having faith in each other, having faith in something larger than us, the things that I think, you know, bring us more together than not. But also, you know, I don't know, believing that even if you're stuck then there's, there's something beyond being stuck. I was a fan of his when I saw this all happening in real life. And, uh, you know, for this to come full circle, and now I get to be him, and I'm a Rams fan. So I'm pulling for us in a Super Bowl here in L.A., and I get to be, I'm playing a Hall of Famer Ram right now. It's like, come on, it's Kismet, guys, let's go. This is what it's all about, especially after the last couple of years. And uh, we love going to the movies. We love being at the movie theater. We love getting lost in the movies. So uh, this just seems fitting that uh, we're having this movie. We're having it here in an iconic place like this uh, in L.A. I mean, it's just uh, it's surreal from so many different standpoints. To me, every time you watch a good movie, you get into the car and that's the first thing you talk about. What was your favorite part? What you know, what grabbed you about that movie? And I think our hope is that this story grabs people. It touches their heart some way, shape, or form, whether that's inspiring them, uh, letting them believe, giving them some hope. Everybody knows the football story, and it's been well documented, but to get the rest of the story, and um, I'm excited for them to, to hear Brenda's story. I'm excited for them to hear Zach's story. I've got to do this for, for a long time, where the, the spotlight was on me, but uh, they were such a huge part of this entire journey, and to be able to make this movie about us, not just about me, is what, uh, what I'm most excited for people to see. Well, I hope you enjoyed our in-depth look at American Underdog. Now, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, ways to improve the show, please let me know, cinemajudge at hotmail.com, because I can't fix if I don't know what is broken. Or visit me on Instagram, the Cinema Judge. Drop me a DM on Twitter, Cinema Judge. Let me know what I could do better, because I would love to have you guys show up every week or every episode, because I love movies. I want to share movies with you. That's what I do. I'm not here to criticize or yell at Hollywood. I just want to give you the evidence because any movie is somebody's favorite movie. I'm not here to tell you not to see something. I would never do that. I'll tell you, hey, I like a movie, but who am I to tell you not to see a movie? Let other people do that. That's their jam. They're good at it. I just love movies and TV shows. I just want to share information with you. Now, you thought I forgot. No, 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 no. If you want to watch a TV version of this, here's the website because it's there on demand anytime you want to watch it 24 hours a day. Go to 
Bloomington, Minnesota's webpage. That's BLM as in Bloomington dot MN backward slash BTV dash shows and type in Cinema Judge. And a whole bunch of shows will show up. Not 20 years worth. Yeah, I've been doing the show for 20 years or, or more for cable access. They're not all there. Of course not. But there's a lot there. Well, that is it. Everything from this point on is me thanking the listeners and other information. So before I give all my shoutouts, there's a couple personal bourbon shoutouts I have to give out. First of all, to Brooke and the entire crew at Minnesota Oncology, every one of you. I can't believe your kindness, your hard work. You guys are incredible. Thank you so much. And also to Rocco. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your ideas and your input. Cheers. But now, for all you listeners who stayed to this very, very end for shoutouts, I truly appreciate this and I appreciate you. Wherever, whenever, or whatever you're doing, this is for you. So many of you. This is so cool. From the United States, China, Canada, Mexico, India, Germany, Portugal, Italy, Philippines, just to name a few countries, every one of you. Thanks so much for tuning in. (laughs) You have no idea how much it means to me. All my listeners from Minneapolis, Toronto, Ontario, I had a whole slew of you guys this time. Thanks so much, Ontario. Same thing goes for Shanghai. Thank you for all the listens. St. Paul, same thing. Pennsylvania. Northampton. You guys are out of control. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) Truly. Chicago, Illinois. Baltimore, Maryland. Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Citrus Heights, California. Thanks so much, California. Portland, Texas. Hudson, Wisconsin. Farmington, Minnesota. Holyoke, Mass. Lakeville, Minnesota. Excelsior, Minnesota. Bergenfield, New Jersey. Thanks so much, New Jersey. New Prague, Minnesota. Pikesville, Tennessee. Thanks, Tennessee. Mexico City, Mexico. So cool. Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Thank you. Lisbon, thank you. Every one of you. Now, there's a, there's a few of you I cannot pronounce, so I'm going to do the little um, no, computer version of it. So hold on for that. Quezon, province of Batangas. Frankfurt M. Maine, Hess. Delhi, National Capital Territory of Delhi. Qingdao, S. So I'm not trying to be rude. I just want to respect everybody who listens because there's times I just butcher your, your cities or states or countries or wherever you're from. So I figured, hey, until I could learn how to say them right, I'll do, I'll, you know, find some way to say them right. Now, for a lot of you who follow the show every week, you know. Almost every episode, I tell you what kind of tunes I I listened to when I was making the TV version of this, which turns into this podcast. Well, most of you know that I've been having major computer problems. I had to order a new computer. It's been it's been a very hectic time. Now, this episode I I did on my new computer, so if it doesn't really sound really super groovy, it's because well I'm still learning. So because of that. The whole process of me making each show has been totally out of control. And once again, I was unable to listen to tunes like as much as I would like to. Well, pretty much not at all because I was doing the show all over the place. And it just, it just, I, I, I couldn't fit in the music because 
you know, every, every, you know, everything around me would have been, you know, annoyed by it. So hopefully in a weeks ahead, I could get into a better routine so I could start listening to my music again. So then, Hey, I could share what I was listening to. But at the moment I was just doing it with just ambient noise around me. So, eh, wasn't quite as fulfilling as it usually is. Well, that is it. My glass is full and it awaits. I'm thirsty. Cheers to you and to the movies. So until next time, be well, be good, and I'm gone. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Judge. (laughs) 